With Tariq Chappelle officially pulling his name out of the transfer portal, I'm starting to feel really good about Texas A&M's corners. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in to Locked on Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefanik. Thanks for making Locked on Aggies your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job free at LinkedIn.com slash College. Terms and conditions do apply. Ladies and gentlemen, it was an interesting weekend of Texas A&M sports. We are going to start with the news about Tariq Chappelle, but we will get into the baseball team. We will get into the basketball team. A ton of stuff to break down all around um, Texas A&M athletics this morning. We're going to start, though, with this news about Tariq Chappelle. You know, I don't know if it was a month ago, three weeks ago, but, you know, we heard some news that, you know, Tariq Chappelle perhaps was going to pull his name from the portal. And it was one of those things where it sounded like, you know, it was a done deal, but you didn't really hear much about it. And that always, that always kind of scares me when it's like, oh, well, you know, it's going to happen, but then it doesn't, you're like, well, is it going to happen? And, but luckily it finally does happen. Tariq Chappelle pulls his name from the portal. He will return to Texas A&M. So, you know, once again, and I, and I talked about this, I think, on uh, later in the week last week, but I talked about how, um, you know, potentially bringing a player like um, Tariq Chappelle back probably keeps you from needing to do anything in the portal when it comes to corners in the next go-round. Unless somebody you went and got in the in the portal, you know, now the, the guys you just went and added doesn't pan out or the staff just doesn't feel great about that player maybe that they thought they would. So, but I mean, listen, Tariq Chappelle was a guy, you, you could argue he was the best defender heading into last season. I mean, we felt really good about Tariq Chappelle. Did he have the best season? No. You know, he didn't have the best season. PFF grade was a 66. Um, he had a run run defense grade of 76, which is great. But his tackle grade was a 49. So, you know, uh, Tariq Chappelle didn't have the season that I was expecting, but he didn't have, like, this horrendously awful year. I mean, there's, there's positives you can take away. And I think that he could have a really good year. So, you know, I think this is – and listen, like, let's say – Tariq Chappelle isn't to start. And some of the transfers, uh, Des Ricks, you know, is wins the job, right? I think if if Tariq Chappelle starts, you feel good because you know who he is, you know he's a talented player, you know he can he can really help the secondary and 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 shut down receivers if he has a better season. But then on the other hand, you know that if someone beats him out, you know he's an experienced SEC football player that, oh, Des Ricks, oh, one of these other uh, transfers beat him out, 
that means that they're just looking really good heading into the season. Maybe he's one of the young guys on the roster. So I think that's kind of where I'm at with Trick Chappelle. Having him back is just, you know, you can't, one thing that will always take is experience in SEC experience. This is why a guy like Jaden Hill, the uh, Florida corner that came in, will take that all day long because it's a guy who has played in this league. Everybody that has, you know, the transfers coming in that haven't played in the SEC, I talked about this a ton, it, it always takes a little bit of a, of a curve to get used to SEC football. It is the best league in college football. We know that. So, you know, having to adjust from low Division One, um, you know, maybe um, a different Power Five conference. I mean, I believe even if you're coming in from the Big Ten to the SEC, there's a difference in um, – there, there's a jump. Now, of course, there are some extremely talented receivers in the Big Ten, not taking anything away from the Big Ten, but there's just a jump that comes to playing in the SEC. So getting a guy like Tariq Chappelle back gives you a guy who has played a ton, a ton of SEC football and played football for you at Texas A&M. He's familiar with the fan base and the facilities. And he knows, you know what I mean? He understands like those things matter. He knows the guys he's, he's a veteran. He can be a leader this year. There's just a lot to be excited about when it comes to Tariq Chappelle officially being back at Texas A&M. I mean, listen, I feel good now. I, I, now, obviously we kind of assumed he was coming back, but it's good to officially hear the news, you know? Uh, but I mean, I just, I feel, I, I felt good about the secondary. Or about the corners, you know. I, well, the secondary, yes, but the corners, and this this takes me over the top. I really do feel good. I mean, I think that the transfers you brought in, and now knowing you have the veteran Chappelle back, you have some of the young guys back. Um, you have Bryce Anderson out there, um, and I know he's you know um, a do it all kind of uh, defensive back. But point is, I just I f- you I feel a lot better about this secondary knowing that Tariq Chappelle is back in. He's going to play for Texas A&M than I would have had he not. Because that means that, you know, I think that if Tariq Chappelle is able to win the starting job, which as of right now, I think you have to assume he will. Um, and I do think this week we're going to we're going to start projecting starters, which is going to be fun. I'm, I'm going to kind of, you know, I'm going to kind of make my projected offense and defense. And then we're going to kind of see, you know, what do, do does anything from spring practice change it, different stuff like that. Um, or any, anything we hear about transfers change any of that. So we'll do that this week. But I assume, uh, and I'll break it down, but I assume I will have Tariq Chappelle in that um, starting lineup unless a transfer just comes in and takes it from him. So, you know, I feel pretty good about what Tariq Chappelle brings to this corner room. And it was a room, as you everydayers know, that I feel really good about in general, thanks to what Coach Elko and this staff has done via the um, portal. I think that perhaps the new uh, the new secondaries coach could be uh, um, could help Tariq Chappelle could it help him could it help with a tackling could, you know there's different things like that that you know here's the, the PFF grade like I said it was a 66. If his tackle grade moves up eight points, he's potentially looking at around a 70 and the 70 PFF grade will take that all day long. So now PFF grades don't always tell the story like for example, Josh DeBerry's PFF grade was a 71, which is a pretty good number. You know, PFF grade isn't, you know, it's not, doesn't, it's not the only thing that matters in the world, but it is a tool to help us kind of, you know, look at players. So this is a big time get 
for the Aggies. I always say bring in, you know, uh, Chase Passant just puts his name in the portal, pulls his name out. Things like that, the, the sometimes the most significant additions to your roster are keeping the guys who were on your team previous. And that's what we've done with Tariq Chappelle. It's great that he's pulled his name out of the transfer portal. And I really do. I mean, there's no question. Texas A&M's secondary was the problem of this defense last year. They, they got burned all season long. I think that having Tariq Chappelle back, I think he's, he's going to have a better year this year. I think maybe the coaching staff changes, maybe some scheme changes can help him play the position better and have a better season. So I'm really anxious to see how well Tariq Chappelle plays. And, hey, can any of these transfers beat him out? It's going to be a fun competition between a lot of talented football players, and I can't wait to see it play out. But that's the news there, ladies and gentlemen. Tariq Chappelle's back, and I feel really good about this secondary. Let me know y'all's thoughts about Tariq Chappelle being back. I know that we assumed this was going to happen, but it's really good to hear that it's official, and Texas A&M is going to get one of their talented uh, veteran secondary players back for the 2024 season. All right. I couldn't hold off talking about it too long, ladies and gentlemen. Those of you that listen to the show every day know that I love baseball. I'm a huge baseball guy, and goodness, do we have a lot of exciting baseball-related things to discuss. We will have those conversations about Texas A&M's sweep of McNeese Coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 80% of small businesses get qualified, get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn is something I, I, I recommend to everybody. It, and it's just a great, it, not only is it great for hiring, it's great for networking. It's something that I recommend to seriously everybody looking for a job, hiring. It is the best way to, if you're an employer, to find suitable candidates for your job, or if you're looking for a job, to find some that fit your resume, fit your degree, different things like that. I love LinkedIn. It is a must check out for those um, looking for a job or trying to hire someone for their small or large business. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Ladies and gentlemen, the Aggies sweep McNeese 15 0, 6 1, 10 0. Okay. I'm going to get a little emotional. Talking about beautiful baseball. Those of you, you know, I, I, I've said it. Um, baseball is my thing. Played all through, um, all throughout college. I love baseball. It is, it is a passion of mine. I love this game so very much. And watching the way Texas A&M played this beautiful game, in which I love, brought a tear to my eye. One, and I was, I was, I'm a pitching guy. I'm a big pitching guy. So pitching a defense guy. Now, of course, I love, a, I love a bomb as well, and we'll talk about that. But pitching and defense is my is my thing. And 
first of all, I don't care who you're playing. I do not care who you are playing. If you get a sweep of any kind against any team, it's impressive. Sweeping a team in baseball. Baseball is a sport not like basketball, not like football, more so like basketball than football. But, you know, I think it's just a lot more people at every level can play. You know, every player at the Division I level can hit a 95-mile-per-hour fastball. Every player can hit a hit a baseball 400 feet, you know, or, or um, every 95% of rosters have pitchers who are throwing in the 90s. You know, it's like there's a lot more evenness when it comes to to talent in college baseball. Now, of course, Texas A&M is a much, much more talented team than Nice. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is college baseball is a, you know, more – it's a sport like that where, where there's a lot of talent all over the country. And Texas A&M – is a legit, we knew this, but I wanted to see it on the field first. I know it's McNeese, legit national championship contender. We knew this. This confirmed it to me. You know, baseball, it's one of those things where, you know, I think in basketball, you can't, um, you know, when you play a bad team, it's hard to tell. In baseball, when you play a team like McNeese, you, you, even though they're not, you know, an SEC caliber baseball team, you can still tell what, what, what the Aggies have. So, giving up one run, one earned run, and, and I guess it would be 14, 9 plus 14 because you had two run rolls, but still in that many innings of baseball is incredibly, incredibly impressive. So, I mean, listen to these numbers from the pitching staff. One earned run, like I said, 14 hits in three baseball games. That I mean, that's just you can't, I can't even put that into words. One double, no home runs. Think, I mean, think about that. One double, one double in 14 hits. You only had one extra base hit, a double, no home runs. 36 strikeouts. 36 strikeouts. I mean, this is like, this is just beautiful stuff. Six walks, which we'll take that. The six hit by pitches. I, I, you want to cut down on that. You know, that's an average of two a game. Hit by pitches to me are something that always spark a dugout. I, I, I think a little bit even more so than a walk. I, I don't know why. That's just a thing. I, whenever I would hit a guy when I was on the mound, it just felt like something, it, something just was like, no, oh, this isn't good, you know, compared to a walk. Um, because that means, man, if I hit somebody, I'm off. I'm very much off of my target. And so the six hit by pitches, I'd like to get. So six base on balls in, in three games, you will take that all day long. You know, kind of last year when I started the show and we were talking about baseball kind of toward the tail end of the season, Texas a was walking some guys. You know, that w- these walk numbers were much higher than two a game. Two walks a game, we'll take that. I'd love zero walks a game. But you can live with two walks a game. Six hit by pitches is the number I'd want to cut down on. Cause like I said, I mean, so that's I mean, still that's that's um, you know, that's four free bases a game. I, I'd like to I'd I'd always like to cut that number down if possible. But the hit by pitches definitely want to cut that down. So the pitching looked great. It'll be really fun to see this staff against an SEC team because I just I, I think they're going to be dominant. I really do. I mean, I just you get 
you can see watching the stuff, the off-speed, the heaters, that this this um, this pitching staff is going to be great. You know, that's what I say. So, you know, those that say, well, once again, it was McNeese, you know, you can see how dominant the, the pitching staff is going to be just by the the movement on the off-speed pitches, the ability to hit their spots, the velocity. There's lots of different variables to go into it. And, I mean, just what, what you can see from watching this pitching staff tells me that they're going to be elite. Um, this is the other thing that got me excited. One error in three games of baseball to open the season. Listen, fielding, like if Texas a and would have had three or four errors this weekend, I'd have been like, that's okay, it's opening weekend. That's going to happen. You're going you're gonna to kick the ball around some. Only having one error is so important. You know, listen, routine baseball, making the routine play is so important. Flashy plays make a couple a weekend, but the routine plays, and I just, I just, I sound like my dad, and that is something else. But the routine play is what wins baseball games. And Texas AM made it all weekend long. That's what's going to win SEC games. Yes, are the flashy diving, double play, flip it behind the back, and, you know, throw it over to first base. Is that stuff awesome? Of course it's awesome. But, Feeling the ground ball between your legs and flipping it over to first base and just making the routine play is also awesome. To me, so to me, it's even more awesome. I mean, just because that's what wins games. So, um, you know, one error on opening weekend, you will take that all day long. Wouldn't even think twice about it. I will take that every day and twice on Sunday, one error in a weekend. Thank you very much. So pitching and fielding, I feel so good about. And the hitting, you know, I feel pretty good about it, too. I mean, let's get into the numbers. Um, I wrote down all the pitching um, numbers, but I wanted the hitting. It was hard to write it down. So let's get into the pitching numbers. I mean, the hitting numbers, excuse me. So um, your batting average leaders through the first weekend, um, Ali Camarillo was uh, 5 for 11. He scored three times, one homer, three RBIs, eight total bases, slugging 727, two base on balls. Um, only struck out one time. Love to see low strikeout numbers. Then you got uh, Blake Bender up, same batting average, 455, 11 at-bats, five hits, uh, one triple, one homer, four runs batted in, eight total bases, 909 slugging percentage, three walks, um, four strikeouts is a number you'd like to see cut down on. So here is where I, I'm going to I'm gonna gripe about a few – about I, I'm going to nitpick a little bit. This is what I'm going to nitpick. You know, striking out, let me see. I had a number. Oh, here we go. 27 times. I'd like to see that number come down. You know, that's just a little under, um, you know, two, uh, 10 a game. I'd like to see those numbers come down a little bit because here's the deal. And this is another just baseball cliche, but putting the ball in play forces the defense to make plays. We Everybody knows that. And that's reality. So striking out. It kills rallies. It kills, um, you know, it, it, the chances of, of just, just tapping one to third base and third baseman throws it away. There are so many things that can happen when you just put the baseball in play that you want to see those strikeouts cut down. So those guys, um, so, you know, Gavin and, and then Blake, you know, they both had four strikeouts. You want to see those numbers cut down on. Um, and then the other one, is Jace Lavalette, who I've just never seen a more naturally beautiful swing than the swing Lavalette has. He will be an MLB player. There's no question. 
He uh, batted 333 on the weekend, 12 at-bats, four hits. Only one of those hits did not leave the ballpark with three home runs on the weekend. Nine RBIs, 13 total bases, a slugging percentage of 1.083, two walks, five strikeouts. I'd love to see him cut down on the strikeouts. You don't want to be the home, the home, the bomber strikeout guy. You know, that you, that's not the guy you want to be. You want to be the hard contact in play, but it, it leaves the it leaves the yard of the high percentage. Um, so loved it. now listen, and also the other thing I want to add is the like next series, I'm willing to bet Texas AM cuts down on these strikeouts. First weekend, you you gotta you gotta you gotta see different arms. You gotta get in the box and see different fresh arms um and see pitches and get reads. It's not always easy to just walk in and, and, and hit the ball great coming off, you know, hey, I haven't haven't seen a ton of live pitching. So um, not upset about – I mean, I'm not stoked about the amount of strikeouts, but I think you're going to see that cut down weekend by weekend just as you see more pitches. It's not easy to opening weekend hit the ball well. And, and Texas A&M, so, I mean, what was the batting average? Uh, the team batting average was – 351, you'll take that all day long. You had six homers, 30 runs batted in. Um, you had 31 walks, which is really absurd. That's, I mean, you know, I'm sitting here. I mean, th- like, think about that. Texas A&M has six walks on there for their pitching staff, and then you have 31 from the other team. That's just absurd. Um, so, Patient at the plate. Love to see that. That does mean that you're seeing some pitches well. I mean, just everything. There's nothing you can take away from this weekend and, and be negative about. Yes, I can sit here and nitpick about the hit by pitches or um, the strikeouts. But once again, those are just things to, hey, let's let's take this from here to here this weekend and next weekend. This is an elite weekend of baseball from who I think is is one of, if not the best teams in all of college baseball. This team's gonna make it to Omaha. I'm calling my shot right now, and I don't even think it's it's a real good shot to call because watching this team play, it's hard to say that they won't. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you are a, a diehard Texas A&M baseball fan like myself, you should feel very, very, very good about this team and what they are going to do this season. Now, to move to a little bit more negative note. Let's talk about the Texas A&M basketball team and their week and their weekend losing to Alabama on the road. We'll talk about that coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's 150 bucks if your bet wins. Bet on all of your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and a ton more. FanDuel, there's a lot going on. Uh, college baseball. I had a college baseball parlay this weekend on FanDuel. It's very, very exciting. Um, here's a little secret for you. Just bet on SEC teams to beat non-SEC teams. It's a, it's a pretty safe bet, and that's what went down. This weekend for me took on uh, opening day, took nine SEC teams to win, one of which being Texas AM and went nine and oh. So there you go. Um, ton of fun to be had on the fan, though, whether it's basketball, 
Baseball, professional baseball is coming back. A lot of fun to be had. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sports partner of the NBA and the Locked On Podcast Network. So before we call today, today I want to talk a little bit about this basketball team. So Texas A&M loses on the road to Alabama, 100-75. to You know, I mean, listen, you can sit here and, and make the defense argument all you want. That's fair. I get that. But Alabama is a team, the way I talk about Alabama, is if they make their threes, nobody, nobody in all of college basketball is going to beat them. They were 18 of 41 from three. I mean, 18 of 41 from three. That's just absurd. But, you know, when they do that, nobody can beat them. If they go, you know, 13 of 41, it's, I mean, it's, you know, we're talking a little bit different of a ball game here. But, um, you know, and that's why Alabama will not go deep in the NCAA tournament. They're going to have a game. I think they lose in the round of 32. I mean, here's now they could just, shoot well six games in a row and win a national championship. That legitimately could happen. They could lose in the opening round to a 13 seed if they don't shoot well. It's it's, it's truly that simple. Um, but, unfortunately, Texas A&M has to play them on the road, and they do shoot well. So that just happens. Um, Boots had a really good game, 10 to 17 from the field, four rebounds, one assist, 22 points. He's got his season total up to 15.5 points per game. Um, I mean, feel great about him and how he's playing. Once again, the free throws and the three-point shooting. You're 15 of 23 from the line for a percent of 65. That's just not going to get it done. You've got to make your free throws. They call, Now, if you go 20 of 23 and you lose this game 80 to 100 instead of 75 to 100, is there a difference? No, but I'm just saying, like, you never know how during the game making your free throws can 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 change the impact or change runs, different things like that. And then four of 23 from three. If you're shooting 17% from three, stop shooting the three. Go down low. Try and score at the rim. Drive the basketball. Get to the free throw line. Pick up fouls. Make your free throws. I mean, there's so much different you can do. Um, this is frustrating. So, I mean, 0-2 week after losing to – Bama and Vandy. I mean, just an ugly, ugly week of road basketball. You had to beat Vandy. If you beat Vandy and lose to Alabama when they shoot like that from three, I get it. But you had to beat Vandy. This is really going to hurt you um, a ton here. So, um, I mean, your remaining games, you got six games left. You play Arkansas at home, South Carolina at home, at Tennessee, um, at Georgia, and Mississippi State, Mississippi State at home, at Ole Miss. I think you got to go four and two. I think you got South Carolina, you know, they got steamrolled by Auburn and then they lost to LSU at home this week. They had an 0 and two week as well. They, I think, are a little bit fraudulent. Um, I kind of, I think I called that. I don't know if I called that here. I've called, I've called that to some folks, but I did not think they were very good. I thought they got a good win at Tennessee and they were a little bit overrated. So I, I, I think you can, you can beat. South Carolina and Arkansas at home. I think you got to win both of those games. I think you have got to win those. Um, but, of course, the trip to Tennessee is between these. So you're, you're weak this week. You host Arkansas, you go to Tennessee. I think if you beat Arkansas, lose to Tennessee, then you beat South Carolina at home, beat Georgia on the road, beat Mississippi State 
at home and then lose to Ole Miss on the road, which you can win that game. But let's say you do that, go four and two, you go 10 and eight in SEC play. You're going to make the SEC. Um, you're going to, I mean, you'll make the NCAA tournament. I think you got to do that. I think you could make it at nine and nine, but I'd love for Texas A&M to go uh, four and two over this stretch. This is why the Vandy game hurts because if they win that Vandy game, I think you're guaranteed to be over 500 in SEC play. So that one stings a lot, but I still think the Aggies can go four and two and to close this season out and 10 and eight on the year, but you have to start shooting the ball better. And if you're not shooting the ball, well, stop shooting it, take it to the rim, let boots drive downhill, put his head down. So frustrating week of basketball, but this team can still um, get themselves right ahead of the NCAA tournament coming up here really soon, actually. That is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Aggies. Like I said, ladies and gentlemen, a ton to be excited about with the baseball team. Tariq Chappelle's back. Um, and the basketball team, still some positives to look forward to for the rest of the year. That's going to do it for today's episode. Really appreciate y'all being here. Hope everybody has a great rest of their day today, and we will see you tomorrow.